You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 244. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, and today I have a very special episode because I have my friend Cambria Hazard on the podcast, and Cambria will tell the story uh, when we get into the episode of how she reached out, but this podcast episode is a little different than some of the others, uh, but at the same time, very applicable to fitness and really to like goal setting in general. And one of the things that when Cambria uh, pitched this idea to me uh, was the idea of if something, if you want something, like if you have a desire for something, it's possible and and you can make it happen. And Cambria shares some really amazing stories of her experience with that that philosophy and how it's manifested for her in her life. A little bit of background before we dive into the episode, you'll hear the story, but Cameron and I go way back. We met each other back in nursing school all the way back like 15 years ago. And so it's kind of fun to hear from, for those of you who want to know a little bit more about what I was like maybe 15 years ago, and a lot of it hasn't changed. Um, that's That's really fun to hear. And on that same wavelength, if you haven't listened to episode 228, it's called The Insider Scoop, What Amber's Really Like. That's a really fun episode as well to like learn a little bit of the behind the scenes of what I'm really like. Um, but Cambria gives a little bit of a snapshot into what I was like 15 years ago and and her what she remembers from me from nursing school. And then we dive into her fascinating story of having eight children, going back to school, You'll hear her adventures with with her kids and um, you know her goals that she set for herself. And there's there's so much goodness in this podcast episode. So let's jump into it. You guys are in for a treat today because I have my friend Cambria on the podcast. How the heck are you doing? So good, Amber. I'm so excited to reconnect in person. Yeah, it's like it's a little bit like a blast from the past. I have to admit, it's like seeing you here. It's a little bit like, oh my gosh, that that would be, some of it feels like a lifetime ago of the things that we did. So we're we're gonna get into that. So let's start a little bit with you just introducing yourself to my audience and how we know each other. Yeah. So I well, when Amber met me, I was Cambria Jones. I grew up in a really small town in Utah next to my grandparents' dairy farm. And I grew up with my parents and I have three younger brothers. So I'm the oldest and I feel like, and maybe you feel like this, Amber, being the oldest does kind of push you to be a more goal-oriented person. Yeah, yeah. for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like like that's always been a big part of my life. Um, I always love to play the piano. I love to read and I love to travel and went to BYU and met Amber my second semester in nursing school. And I'm sure we'll go into more of that, but um, 
Uh, during nursing school, I did do a, some traveling. I went to Argentina on a study abroad with a nursing program. And then right before graduating, I did another study abroad to Israel, to the Holy Land. And that's where I met my husband and then came back and um, we got married the last semester of my nursing school. And now I'm Cambria Hazard. That's so fun. Yeah, I remember. So is it the third semester of nursing school that you have the option to like go abroad and do like, was that what, am I remembering right? It was after, it was after third semester during the spring term. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I remember, so I was married at the time. And so like (laughs) a lot of the unmarried people went to fun places like Argentina. (laughs) I, I did something fun. I, I worked with the veterans in like the Utah area. It was not nearly as exciting as, um, people going to Argentina and, and, and abroad, but you know, my husband, we were just like newly married and heaven forbid we were like apart for any period of time. <laughs> so I stayed put in Utah. Um, yeah. So I think it's fun, you know, so I mean, when did we graduate? I graduated 2007, right? You graduated Seven. 2007. Yep. Oh, seven. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking, it's been a hot minute <laughs> since, <laughs> since we know. were in nursing school. <laughs> it's been I was like, it's in 15 years. That was yeah, 15 years ago. That's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's, it's, it's fun for people to hear a little bit um, about the inside scoop of, of what I'm really like. What do you remember from 15 years ago when we were in nursing school? So I met you the second semester because um, I took another break. I had done a mission and I came back. So I met you guys the second semester. And I remember you were so dynamic. You stood out in our nursing <laughs> class. <laughs> you, but you were so full of positive energy and um, just very dynamic. I remember like we were in a carpool group. I don't know if it was two semesters or just one semester, but I know for a while we were in the same carpool group and it was always fun. We had such fun conversations driving to and from Provo to Salt Lake, um, an hour away. I do remember picking you up one day and you ran out the door and you made some comment like, I woke up at 4.52, which was like literally like five minutes <laughs> before we like got there. And I was like, how? And it was just such a random time. Like it was like to the minute, like 4.52. And I, oh. and you were just like, I hate waking up early. I do everything I can to like, I do everything the night before so I can wake up as late as possible. And then you dropped the bombshell and you said, I've never hit my snooze button. Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe it. See, I was proud of it back then too. <laughs> I was floored because I always like have these grand intentions the night before I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get all this stuff done and da, 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 da. And I'm like a total snooze button hitter. And I was like, how, how has she done this? And she's like, that, never hit her snooze button. That's so funny. Whenever I share that piece of information, cause it's still true. Like I don't, I don't hit the snooze button. Um, people lose their crap. Like they are just like so wowed by that. But to me, and, and you kind of spoke to it. Like the reason I don't is because I want as to maximize my sleep. So I'm like, why would I, why would I wake up, hit the snooze button when I could just like sleep an extra five to 10 minutes? (laughs) So that that's always been my, like, um, you know, modus operandi is like sleep as long as possible, (laughs) then get up. I remember a couple of times. So, so nursing, you know, usually it's like a 7 PM to 7 AM shift. And so we would go up and, and work that shift. And so if you have to be there by, you know, 645 to start the 7 AM shift and you're an hour away. Yeah. We left for uh, really early. 
And then you have to factor in like snow. Like I remember a yes. couple of times when it was like, okay, we knew it was going to snow the night before. And so uh-huh. we'd have to get up like extra early because you knew it was going to take you extra time to be able to get um, up to Salt Lake. And I remember one time where it was like, we were going like 25 miles per hour, like <laughs> clutching the steering wheel, trying to get up to Salt Lake to do our nursing like um, class. And yeah, like it was, it was, um, it was, it's touch and go there for a minute, but, um, yeah, early mornings. I definitely remember that. And I remember you as someone who was like, you funny, you remember you as like being super dynamic. Cause I remember you as someone who was like so sweet and just like so kind. And just like, if you want to know like a big hearted, like kind person, it was Cambria. It was like, she was always oh. the kind, the kind one. Um, so it, it's fun to see, um, you know, 15 years later where, where life has taken us. And how did you find my Instagram? Like, how did you get connected to what I do in terms of like business? So Amber, I've got to be like one of your oldest followers. Are you an OG? I'm like, (laughs) 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 well, I, well, I followed your blog forever. Mm. First of all, um, like we, like back in 07, 08, when the blogs were a thing, I followed your blog. And I just have to tell you that like, even your blog influenced my life. Oh, that's funny. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I just, I would follow you. I loved like seeing your journey in like Pennsylvania. And as you went mm-hmm. across the country back to California and you had like got matched and everything. Um, I like got tips from you. I This is probably stuff. I don't even know if you remember, but I remember getting a tip from you. You took, um, you, I think you got it from Pinterest. You took the top of a salt yeah. container and cut it off, yeah. put it on a jar for your yeast. And I was like, that is brilliant. I still do that to this day. Same um, here. That's like the best Pinterest <laughs> tip I ever got. <laughs> Um, I like followed your 52 goals and I was like, that is so awesome. I was wondering I, if you were there for my 52 goals. I wish I could find that blog because I, I, I can't find it anymore. Do you have like the URL? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Oh my gosh. You have to share it with me because I thought about that a couple of times. Um, I did this thing where it was like, it was like you set 52 goals for the year and yes. I want to go back and like review it. And I haven't been able to find it. So, oh my gosh, I think URL I can find it. Yeah. I think I can find it. If, but if I, we find it, we'll share it in the show notes and you guys can go like browse my blog. Yes, that is brilliant. But um, yeah, anyway, I totally did the same thing, Amber. I set 52 goals too after I saw yours yeah. and I posted it. And because I posted it, like I think family I remember and- this now, actually, now that you're saying this, I, cause I followed your blog as well. Um, oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh-huh. And I think I remember seeing it. Um, that's so funny. Okay. Keep going. But anyway, because I did that, Friends and family members reached out and helped me like accomplish some of the goals that mm. I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. And That's it awesome. was just like, it has made a difference in my life. You've just always made a positive difference in my life. Like, you know, because I, I finished things that I wouldn't have other finished otherwise if I mm-hmm. had not been following your example That's so and stuff. <laughs> and dude, I, I just want to share a couple more memories like yeah. from nursing school though, too. Um, you are not, at least you didn't seem to me back then, like as into fitness as no, you were there. I wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I wasn't. Um, but you were just still like, you went all out and everything you did. And I have this memory of you. I don't know why it's so clear, but one day, like you brought a brand new laptop to class. Do you remember this? No, it probably wasn't brand new, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, oh, maybe it was sure. actually, maybe it was, I'm trying to think. It was um, brand new. 
during well, nursing I, school. It probably was. Yeah. And I, this is what I remember. The rest of us all had like thick packets of like <laughs> <laughs> the PowerPoint slides and taking notes. And one day you showed up early and I was early. I was already there. And you walked in and you're like, guys, I got a laptop and you had it still in the box. And you kind of made this little show of unpacking it. And I remember you like oh. putting in the battery and like plugging it in oh and charging gosh. it. And you're like, just like clicking away. <laughs> like That's the hilarious. That's probably so only only because I was married to TJ and he's like the um, technological guru. And so I'm sure <laughs> that was like his doing. He's like, you need a laptop. Well, maybe it was, but like oh looking gosh. back from now, I'm like, you know, even back then Amber invested in herself because the rest of us did not have laptops pretty much. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like, now everybody does, but back sure. then it was not a thing and they were super clunky and old. But yeah, I remember that. And the other memory, even though I don't, think you were like as an into fitness. I think I remember you telling me once that you were like reading your pathophysiology book as you were on the treadmill in the gym. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that checks out. Does that sound familiar <laughs> that to you? That totally checks out. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like never thought of that, like multitasking. Like. <laughs> and I think speaking, the multitasking really checks out. Like, like how, <laughs> how many things can I do at once <laughs> and be as efficient as possible? Oh man, I loved patho. Patho was my, my very, very favorite class. Did you take it with Dr. Judd? I did not. I don't remember. Okay. I had it with Dr. Judd, loved the man. It was like my very favorite class. I ended up TAing for it. Um, that's, that's hilarious. That's really funny. Um, what did you, so I ended up doing, um, I, practice as a nurse for a couple of years while TJ was in medical school. And then when he, I've talked, I told the story before, but when he went to residency, it just didn't make any sense. We had two kids at home and his hours were cray cray. And so at, that was the time that I decided to stay home and kind of got into fitness. Like that's really where fitness came from. It was like, after I did nursing, I needed something to like fill my cup, fill like who is Amber outside of just being a mom. And, and that was when I got into fitness and I started teaching fitness classes and, and, um, you know, that kind of changed the trajectory of, of where I was going. Um, so I, what did you think when I made that switch over to fitness and business, you know, away from nursing? Yeah, I was just excited for you. So I, I think I already followed you on Instagram um, before you started your business account, because I remember your very first post came out and it's mm -hmm. like, if you already followed someone and they made another account, it just showed up on your feed. Yeah. And so I saw like post number one, I thought, Oh, that's so cool. Like she's sharing her journey. And I remember one of your early posts you posted and, um, it was like, I just Googled how to do a selfie. And it was kind of like, I thought I would never think of doing that. Like I would never Ooh. think of like, Googling how to do a selfie, I would probably just do it, but this is so Amber. It's so Amber, like just like going all out and doing anything like really well. And it's been so exciting for me to see Fun. you just succeed and take off. And I just love it. And it's, it's just, yeah, That's I fun. just am so excited. I love it. I, I remember when I first started my account, Okay. So like when you first start your account and you have like literally zero followers, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you invite anybody that you know, <laughs> it's like, please <laughs> follow me. <laughs> like, I don't care if you like care about this stuff. It's like, you just want to get followers because you like want that number from zero to go up. And so I remember like inviting anybody who was like ever Facebook friends with me being like, please follow this page. <laughs> like, please just give me some followers. You were probably in that list of people that I was like begging for followers. So you, you really are an OG. Like you're, you're there from the very, very beginning. Um, yeah. that's super fun. So obviously you're a little different than some of the podcast, um, interviewees that I have on. So you reached out to me and you kind of pitched me. So can you kind of share with the audience 
why you reached out and, and what you're hoping to talk about today. Yeah. Well, this is kind of fun. And this is kind of funny because I do not listen to podcasts. Like I love audiobooks, I love other things, but yours is the only podcast I have been able to stick to. Like, oh, that's amazing. Like more than a few episodes. And um, I've listened to a lot. And this is kind of funny because you mentioned recently that you ran the Utah Valley Half Marathon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did the marathon in 2021. Oh. And so we just missed each other of, by a year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and like, same thing. I did it because of family, my husband's family, like they were all going to do it. I did one in 2006 and was kind of the same, like not doing that again. Yeah. But a bunch of family was doing it. I was like, okay, I'll do so it. You so got I, talked into the full <laughs> marathon. <laughs> I did. I got talked into the full thing. Um, I did it. Then my son ended up doing it. My bro- my brother ended up doing it with us. And then the lo- morning of my husband flew in and surprised us at the starting line and did it no with way. us too. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Well, that's a fun surprise. Yeah, it was awesome. But anyway, I was listening to your podcast as I was doing all these really long runs because they would keep me going. Yeah. And I listened to the one with Jamia Ponder and it wasn't about fitness. And I thought, gosh, you know, I'm not a fitness expert at all, but I do know something about goal setting and just doing things your own way. And maybe there's a space for me on Amber's podcast. If there's like a space for Jamia, maybe there's like a space that I could come on and just kind of share some of my experiences and maybe something would help somebody else. And that's kind of what I was hoping. So I told Amber about some of my experiences with traveling and um, getting a master's degree during like a difficult time in my life. So, you know, this, I don't know, maybe this would like reach your audience. And I didn't think the message went through to you on my end. It didn't look. And so I'm, I'm sorry. I probably sent it like five times or something like that because <laughs> <laughs> my end, and I didn't know if it ever went through. I never heard back. And I was mm-hmm. like, thought about like messaging or saying, Hey, did you ever get it? Like, I don't care either way, but I just, didn't know if it ever went through. And then it, over a year later, all of a sudden I get this message back. Was like, it a year later? It. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay. So the way that this works on the back end, just so you know, I don't ever get any of those messages. Like my team okay. gets them. And then when we get people who pitch the podcast, they dump those into an Excel spreadsheet. And then when I'm going to like schedule podcasts, I go to that like ideas list and I kind of pull people from here. So if you have ever pitched me a podcast um, and I haven't gotten back to you, it doesn't mean that I hate you. It just means that you're probably on this list and we haven't gotten to you. So that's so funny. So I had no idea when I like was scrolling through and looking, looking for guests, I had no idea that that had been put in like a year ago. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> We're getting we are. around to it, but it wasn't because I didn't like your idea. It was literally because I didn't see it until I went through that Google doc. <laughs> it's okay. It's so no worries. Yeah. I'm just excited to yeah talk to you and share. I just hope it's beneficial to your guests. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you said that struck me that I think will be so applicable to everybody who's listening is, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the things that you've done throughout your life and, and, um, and how you've balanced a lot of different aspects of Cambria, um, mm-hmm. you know, mom and nursing and like traveling and like all the things, right. Um, education. Um, but that what you said was that you, what you really learned, um, this is like a spoiler alert. I'm sure we'll talk more about this was that if you, if there's something that you want, you're going to find a way and you can find a way to make it happen. And, and a lot of the stories that you're going to share, it, it, that's like the through line is this idea is that if there's something out there that you want, and I talk about this a lot on my podcast, I believe that God gives us desires mm-hmm. to guide us. Um, we don't get desires for things that like we can't do, or we shouldn't do, or we should never do. We get desires because it's like a little hit from God of like, you could do this. This is possible for you. This is an, this is a next step for you. And so um, if you have some of those desires, that means it's possible. And, you know, whatever life circumstances are happening, 
you can work around them and figure out a way to, to move through them. So, and I thought that was such a fabulous theme um, because for a lot of people listening, it can feel hard trying to balance everything and, and, and set and reach any goals that you're setting. So I thought it was such a great topic uh, to be able to, to bring onto the podcast. So let's first talk about what you did post nursing school in terms of your career, because we're going to talk a little bit about, you ended up going back and getting a master's degree in nursing, but that wasn't right away. So let's kind of fill in the gaps for people of like, you graduated nursing school. What happened next? So I got married the month before we graduated from nursing school. I came back for that too. Do you remember me as like super, super pregnant? (laughs) I totally remember. I went to your baby shower. Okay. Yeah. So we, uh, I left BYU a year early because TJ was starting medical school. And, um, so I finished my nursing degree out in Pennsylvania, but I transferred my credits back to BYU and I came back to walk and I had Kate in June and it was, you know, the end of April. So I was very pregnant when I came mm-hmm. back and got to see all my nursing buds and, mm-hmm. and walk through graduation. That was fun. Yeah. And I feel like that's a great example of you finding a way, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you were like, I'm going to finish nursing school and I'm not going to make my husband wait for a year for yeah. me to graduate. Like you found a way to transfer over. Nobody that's else true. in our it class It was did that. real hard. Let me tell you. It was, yeah. and, and I, I do feel like God guided me on that. That was, as I look back, I think, how did I make, how did we figure that out? Like it was transferring nursing school PS is really, 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 really hard. And most nursing schools are impacted, meaning they have only a certain number of slots and those slots are already filled. So finding a place that was able to take me, that was able to like work with me to transfer my credits back. It was, I still am amazed that, that we were able to figure it out, but I, I do feel that was like that whole thing of like, if you desire it, it's possible for you. You can find a way to make it work. Yeah. Anyway, that you totally did a great job. And I don't know if you realize this. I mean, I walked with you guys, but I did not graduate because I had just come back from Jerusalem. Oh. And so like I walked cause I did like, you have, like another buddy. semester. Yeah, but I had another semester, mm-hmm. so I had to wait all the way till fall to finish and then actually graduated in December. So, um, yeah, my husband and I met that semester in Jerusalem. And then mm-hmm. over the summer, we like became closer. And then we got married in November, graduated in December. And then my husband, um, he's just has lots of interests. And that first year of marriage, we moved four times, went to four different schools. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> and. Um, so anyway, I married this very adventurous guy and I loved it. And we just moved a ton and um, started having babies quickly. That's what we wanted. And so just because of the moves and the babies, I was not able to work. So fast mm-hmm. forward, like five years later, I hadn't worked six years later. Um, started finally working as a nurse when we kind of slowed down a little bit, went to Idaho, um, needed some income. I went back as a nurse and that's like a whole story of it was how difficult it was to like get back into the force. And um, yeah, I, I was wondering about, that. I mean, it's, it's hard to get back into nursing and licensing and like, yeah, it's just a whole thing. And like yeah. going from never having worked as a nurse to being a brand new nurse, six years out of, of nursing school <laughs> yes. challenge. Yeah, it really was. And I had worked as an LPN, um, before I graduated, but people didn't seem to count that, you know, that I had uh, some nursing experience sure. and, um, but that's like a whole you know, story in and of, it, of itself. Like I finally, um, was having such a hard time and I was, I was going for jobs that like, I didn't really wanted like hospice and stuff like that, thinking that might be easier to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't work out. What I really wanted to do was like, you know, mother, baby and stuff like that. Motherhood's close to my heart. So I went to the hospital and I said, can I shadow? Can I shadow for like a month? I haven't worked for five years and mm-hmm. I'd like to shadow. And I, had done a lot of work on my resume. I had my actual, actually my cousin, who's a graphic designer. I had her like 
helped me do it. So it looked really awesome. And they said, yes, we've never had somebody ever ask to shadow before. We'll figure this out. What a great idea. That's amazing. So it was good. And it it was so good because, you know, I did need to like brush up on those skills. And so I could just kind of shadow and I got to know people and I brushed up on my skills. And at the end of my shadow period, they had an opening Mm -hmm. and I got it. And it was, you know, just such a blessing. So I started working on another baby and worked for about a year and a half and just kind of felt a little stagnant in my career. And which is funny when I look back now, because at the time I had five kids ages six and under, I was working part-time. We had bought a home six months earlier and it was in this massive state of renovation. Um, and so looking back at like, my life was crazy. Like, I don't know why I felt like I really needed to like make some progress in my career. I like felt stagnant. Oh, I've just been doing this for a year and a half. I need something new in my life. Mm-hmm. But I had some friends that had done Western Governors University. Um, it's an all online program for their master's degree. And then they taught nursing school after that. And I thought that's something I feel like I would like to do because I feel kind of stuck like at the hospital. I've, I've done this a year and a half. I don't feel like I'm really progressing. And I looked into it and, and decided I was going to do it. I was pregnant with my sixth baby at the time. And I was going to um, deliver in October. And I started in um, March. So Western Governors University, if you don't know, it's very interesting. It does not, you do not pay by the credits you take. You pay by the time you take. Mm. And so you Like how long pay, it takes you to graduate? You pay like for six months at a time. Oh. You pay like say like $3,000 for the next six months and you can do as many or as few credits in okay. that time. So you're really incentivized to go fast. <laughs> you are. Like get as many as done as possible. You are. And so like my two friends that had done it, had done it in a year and I thought that's, that sounds about right, you know? So I'll do that. So I started and I thought I'll take a year and you do one class at a time and I did the first class in a couple of weeks and then I did the next class in like a week and a half and I thought at this pace, like when am I going to finish? And I sat down and I figured it out how many classes were left, how long it would take if they each took about like two weeks or whatever. I'm like, if I just go a tiny bit faster, then I could finish in six months and I wouldn't have to pay that second semester. <laughs> and I could be done by the time I have the baby and not have to be like doing oh it while I'm on maternity leave and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, I am going to do this. And just to relate this um, to traveling a little bit, when we go on a trip or a backpack trip, what you don't take is as important as what you do take with you. Like on a backpack trip, you don't want to take a lot of weight. You want to like leave as much stuff behind and take the absolute minimum. And I kind of took that mindset to doing this program. And I thought, what can I leave behind? Mm-hmm. You know? And so when people ask me later, how did you do it in six months? I just said, I never read any books. I never watched any movies. Mm-hmm. I made the same seven meals like every week for the next. You like streamlined month. everything. I streamlined everything. Like yeah. it was everything. And it, you know, there is power in that. And I knew if I yeah. had five minutes, I knew what I was going to be doing. You know what I mean? That's so good. And there, there is power in that because. So how many times through a day, oh, we don't know what we're doing. We just pull out our phone. We scroll through sure. whatever. Wasted time. Like so much yes. wasted time through the day. Yes. Yes. And so if you like have a focus, if you like get up in the morning and you're like, when I, if I have any extra time, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I'm going to be working on. That's good. You can accomplish so much. That's you know, good. it's just fire. It. Yeah. I think <laughs> a lot of times we think that the key to success is doing more. And what mm-hmm. I'm hearing you say is that like, sometimes the key to success is doing less in all the other areas <laughs> and just yeah. doing like, it's like the bare minimum, you know, the minimum yes. viable 
minimum viable product um, for everything else. It's like my children are getting fed. Yes, it's the same seven meals. So it's like super streamlined, but they're getting fed. Yes. And that's, that's, that's the basics. I just covering the basics and then dedicating the rest of my time to somewhere else. Um, and I think that's it, it, every year in the business, we set um, kind of like a, a, a broad general theme for the year. And our our um, theme for this year is do less, do better. So we're kind of on the same wavelength where it's like, it's not always about doing more. It's sometimes about doing less and doing the things that you're doing a lot better and putting your time and energy in the times that the things that really matter to you. I can't believe that you were pregnant with your sixth kid and finish your master's degree in six months. Can we stop and just appreciate that for a moment? <laughs> it was crazy, but it was, I mean, it was so worth it. And it got even crazier because like, Two months into my program, the administration of the hospital approached me and they said, we actually want um, to transfer you to labor and delivery and we want you to train for labor and delivery. Mm. And so I had another shift a week where I was training on labor and delivery as well. So instead of like working two nights a week, I was doing three nights a week. Um, And you were working nights? I was doing nights. Like 7P to 7A? It's it's, uh, 6 to 6 or 630 to 630. Yeah. Guys, six to six thirty, basically. Brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. That's brutal. That's brutal. It was brutal. Okay, it that was... just adds to the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am working nights. I'm doing like three nights a week, but I mean, it was a blessing to do nights because sometimes it does get really slow. And so sure. again, if I have time, what do I do? I immediately mm-hmm. pull out your pull out your coursework, <laughs> pull out my school. Yeah, and I just start working on it. And um, you know, I took a trip with my parents and my brothers to Europe during that time for two weeks. And I bought my laptop. It was my first laptop. I finally bought my first laptop in 2015. <laughs> finally got my Here edit. I am in 20, 2005. <laughs> Cambria catches yes. up in 2015. <laughs> yes. A decade later, I'm like, I'm getting a laptop so I can like work on this uh, live in Europe, you know, whenever we were like, you know, on the plane or the train or anything, I did that. And yeah, it just, I did it. Oh man, I felt so good. And it was, I learned so much during that time. And another thing I really love that Western governors did is that they really want to set you up for success and they want to make sure that you're going to be a successful student. Mm -hmm. And they send you out like a blank weekly schedule before you start. And they say, what is your schedule and where are you going to find 20 hours Mm -hmm. to work on this program? And that was a really good exercise for me because I was like, okay, when am I? Okay. I'll have to wake up early. I'll do like an hour, five 30 to six 30. And then I'll, um, doing it, you know, an hour mid morning after my kids are kind of settled and playing an hour during like nap time and an hour at night. And that was helpful for me because up to that point, once I got married and started having babies, I had not found the power to like wake up early to do things for me. If I had to go to work or something, or if I had to meet someone to run or whatever, I could do it. But if it was just like me getting up again, it was like this news button game. And I, that was when I really started to realize if I really want something, I can do it. I can actually get up. It is so hard when you're like, when I'm pregnant, I am so tired. When you're nursing babies, waking up multiple times tonight, you're so tired. And I was, I was pregnant. I thought, you know, I can actually do this. Like I had never found that power before, but I found the power to actually wake up and get at least an hour in every single morning that I had not, I had never found that power in myself, you know, in all the years before. And, and I can still understand why, like it was exhausting to be pregnant. And sometimes I was pregnant and still nursing a baby, you know, because we had these kids back to back, but that's when I really started to realize if I really want to do something, I can find a way to do it. So how do you find, how did you find, um, balance? And so first of all, how, how did you define balance during that period of time? Mm -hmm. And and how, how, like, did that inform the decisions that you were making? Um, or did you feel like that was a period of time where you're like, 
you know, balance looks a little differently, different right now. Like everything else is on the back burner. This balance looks different, but I know at the end of the six months that balance will look, you know, I always say balance is like never static. It's always changing. So maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe you felt like balance for this period of time is going to look different than balance the next six months. Yeah. And I did feel like that quite a bit. Cause I was like, this is, you know, this is awesome. And I, I could feel like the power and the awesomeness of it, of like being able to get so much done in so little time. But I'm like, at the same time, this is not like totally sustainable. You can't sure. do, you like, do it for like six like months, this. but you couldn't do it for like six years. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a little bit like a backpack trip. Like when you go on a backpack trip and you like leave all this stuff behind, like, you know, it's going to be for a set amount of time. Sure. You know what I mean? Like you take all your stuff and you're like, okay, well for next week, I'm not going to have, you know, a pillow or my bed or, or whatever, like, you know, it's, but, but what I'm focusing on is the journey mm-hmm. and what, you know, and, um, and so it was a little different. My balance was different at that time. And I remember kind of making lists. Oh man, when I finish, I'm going to read these books to my kids because I'm going to have more time <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But, um, you know, it was such a short amount of time. And I think sometimes it's good to like set those short term goals to get somewhere. And it's a little bit kind of like running up an escalator that's going down and you know it takes like a lot of push and a lot of momentum but once you get to the top then you can like kind of stay there for a minute and enjoy it mm-hmm. you know and that's yeah. how it was a little bit with my master's like it was a lot of like running uphill a little bit and focusing and streamlining and yeah my kids I still you know gave them hugs and kisses and and time and um they had like what they needed they had food and and sure. stuff like that. But they actually, like, we don't usually do screens. They watched a lot of He-Man on YouTube that summer, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I think, so I think what comes up a lot for a lot of women is, is, is some of that mom guilt of like, um, you know, I know that your kids are important to you. My kids are important to you. And I know most moms listening would say that their kids are like the most important thing in their life. And so it yeah. can feel hard to like prioritize for a period of time. Hey, I'm prioritizing this thing that mom really wants, that mom really desires. This is one of my goals and feel a little bit of guilt of like letting your kids watch more screens during that time or, or not, you know, not being as attentive with them. But I think that the thing that's missing a lot of times is one, what you said about like the period of time and recognizing that this is, this is for six months. It's not for their whole entire childhood. Exactly. <laughs> you know, months, and, and we can do things for, you know, for six months. And the second thing I think is re- that people miss when they start having that mom guilt is the power in your, in modeling for your kids, reaching for a goal, like yes. having something that matters to you and sacrificing in order to achieve it. And I think about that a lot. And, you know, I'm always trying to find that balance of like what works with like my family and, and my business and the things that light me up and taking care of the kids and, and things like that. But I, I remind myself that like, I want my kids to go after their desires. I want my kids to go after the things that light them up. And so by modeling that for them, in my life, how can I expect them to do that if they haven't seen it modeled? And so I think, you know, for those six months, especially the more that you can like talk to your kids and enroll them in the the journey with you, like what an amazing thing that they got to see their mom do. And they're going to remember that of like, remember when mom (laughs) for those six months, like mom got her master's degree in six months. And I remember how hard that was, but like she did it because it was important to her. I think we sometimes minimize the impact that those types of lessons can have on our kids in the long run. And that can help ease some of that mom guilt a little bit. For sure. For sure. I think it does. And, and my kids were pretty little. I don't really think any of them honestly remember very sure. much of it. Yeah. Cause like the oldest was like, I think yeah, like six. six. Yeah. They're still, you know, they're still little. They were all like pretty little. And so, but yeah, I, you know, I, I did not have much mom guilt about it because I knew, yeah, it was just, 
it was really like a three month summer period that I'm like, this is when they're, they're going to be like plopped in front of He-Man on my computer all day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, on they YouTube, but come out it. okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be okay. They're going to be it's okay. Like one summer. Yeah. And this is not how I run my life, but this is like, I've, I've kind of like got to reach like the next level, like, you know, like yeah. running up the escalator, like I've got to get to the next level and then we can kind of plateau and like hang out there for a little bit. You know, which that is a good metaphor as well, because it it's like what you do most of the time matters way more than what you do a couple, a little bit of the time. And that, yeah. that, that applies to like every aspect of your life. But you know, what I'm hearing you say is like what I, how I'm mothering, what I'm doing most of the time was not the same as what was that six month period of time. But what matters most is like what you do most of the time. Um, yes. And so if you have a short period where it's a little bit different, you know, the, the kids are going to be okay. They're going to, they're going to survive. Yeah. And you know, I think I think my kids have learned this too. And um, just kind of relate it to traveling again. We love to travel. We love to backpack and we have a lot of kids and we take them with us, Mm -hmm. you know, and we, and I think they have kind of learned this too. Um, You know, this is kind of diverting a little bit from um, the master story. I don't know if there's more that you want to touch on with the masters or. No, it's good. (laughs) You can keep going. Yeah. But um, anyway, like we love to travel and my kids, I think have kind of seen like that. It's okay to, to sacrifice something for a short amount of time to do something you really want. And a couple of years later, my husband decided to take our four kids, our four oldest kids on a 220 plus mile backpack trip. Jeez. And they went on the, the John Muir trail and they were ages nine, eight, seven, and six wow. at the time. And they're going to backpack 220 miles for three plus weeks through the Sierra Nevada mountains. And, you know, my husband took them and they all had backpacks. They held weight and they had some long days. They had to go over huge passes. Sometimes they went like 12 to 17 miles a day and they finished the hike on top of Mount Whitney, which is the highest mountain in the 48 States. Yeah. And when I went back and I asked my husband, you know, what, what was, what was the hardest part? Like, what was, you know, you did all these like really hard days and like you got up to the top of this mountain and what was the hardest part for the kids? And he said, the hardest part was getting from the parking lot to the trailhead. That was it. <laughs> that was it. He was like, it's like starting. Yes. It was yeah. just like starting. And he's like, there was so many like tears and like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so heavy and I can't do this. And like mm-hmm. crying and they like couldn't, you know, they were trying to put on their backpacks and they were like saying it was too heavy and whatever. But once I like got on that trail and started walking, it was just taking another step at a time. Mm-hmm. And my kids recognized too, like, you know, we want to do this. This is not going to be forever. We're not going to be walking like the rest of our lives on a trail, mm-hmm. but this is something that they wanted to do with dad. And they did that for a short amount of time. And we are so like, we're so capable of so much more than we think, yeah. you know, like, I don't think very many people think like these kids are capable of doing that. Yeah. And just like doing these trips and doing things that we think, uh, I'm not totally sure. We even kind of had like a slight backup plan. If like one of the kids wanted to back out, out like a weekend or something, they could, but they're capable of so much more. And we are too, you know, we can do this. And it's just mm-hmm. taking that one step at a time and realizing we're enjoying the journey and we're going to get to the end. If we just keep taking another step mm-hmm. at a time. What a great, you know? yeah. What a great analogy that we can apply. Cause I think everybody has felt that at some point of like, some of the hardest things is just starting something new. It's like just mm-hmm. taking that first step of the journey, doing that first thing. There's a whole lot of resistance that comes up for people um, when they're doing something new. But once you overcome that, it is really just about like putting one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, like just take the next step, just take the next step. And if you commit to doing that and just continue taking the next step, you will eventually get to where it is that, that you want to go. 
Um, one thing that I hear a lot from women that I would love to hear your insight into um, is, is overwhelm. And I'm wondering if, um, if, if, uh, when you have felt overwhelmed, <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. it's an if, I think it's like, we all feel overwhelmed and especially with kids and, and career and husband and house. And like, I mean, there's just like, there's so many things. How do you manage overwhelm? Do you feel overwhelmed at times? And if so, what do you do? Um, how do you manage that? I totally have felt overwhelmed at times, um, like stretched very, very thin, um, Right now we have eight children. And so, you know, just like, just that in of yourself, I'm being pulled yeah. like eight different it's directions. Like a full-time like job plus. Yes. And I, again, just try and decide what, you know, you have to decide in your journey, what is the weight you want to lose? And I'm not talking about like physical weight. I'm talking about like the weight of expectations, that weight of comfort, the way of, um, you know, relationships or debt, like you have to decide, like I, if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you have got to drop some of the weight. It's like a backpack trip. If you have too much weight in your backpack, you're going to find every step of the way hard. And you have to figure out what are you willing to give up to like make that weight lighter, you know? Um, and, and sometimes it's not like, you just have to decide like what is so important to you. And then the rest kind of falls away. Mm-hmm. you know? And for me, like, it's like, okay, I want to take this journey and this is more important to me. Um, you know, when I backpack, it's like, it's more important to me than sleeping in a bed. It's more important to me than eating this like really comfortable food or, or whatever you like. We, we get caught up in the urgent and we kind of forget what's important sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And the weight I want to lose. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. And I like that. It's not, um, like you said, like expectations or like, or even sometimes our own expectations, you know, one of the things that I kind of heard you say is like before you said you did like the bare minimum on everything. So I have to imagine that like your house probably wasn't like sparkling clean all the time, right? Like the dinners weren't super, had didn't have a lot of variety, right? It's like, no, it's like when you're talking about letting go of some of the weight, it's sometimes those expectations that we even set upon ourselves of like, I have to maintain a certain level of cleanliness or my kid's hair has to look a certain way, or like I have to be dressed a certain way. Like there's just a lot of expectations from us and from other people that, um, you can let go of that can release a lot of that weight. About how yes. Yes. And like touching on that, I like remember those six months, pretty much there was a clean pile of laundry on the couch at all times. Like I washed the laundry, <laughs> wash the laundry, but then it's just there. <laughs> it it yeah. was just there. And I know my husband like went and like put it away sometimes, but basically, <laughs> and you know what? It worked fine. Like my kids were little and they needed clean clothes and they just knew go to the laundry pile and like pick through until you find like, I mean, the outfit you want. My 13 year old is still does not understand why you would ever fold laundry. Like he does his laundry and then he's like, mom, what do I fold it? Like, I just like going to find it and I'm aware it again. <laughs> fine. I don't care. <laughs> That's fine. Yes. But um, it's those, I think, I think this is such a big thing that I have learned is that your journey does not need to look like anybody else's. Yeah. Your house yeah. doesn't need to look like anyone else's. And I feel like I do things really differently than a lot of people mm-hmm. and that's okay because I'm enjoying my journey. Like I love my life. Will you share you know? something that you feel like you do differently than others? Okay. Here's, a, here's like kind of an example and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of like tie it into a story because I feel like stories are more interesting, but let me go back to like feeling stretched. And, um, a couple of years after my master's, I, I felt stretched even more thin than I, when I did my master's, which is hard to imagine, but I had seven kids. Um, I was working two jobs at the time. So I was teaching at nursing at the local university and I was working nights still. 
And my husband was getting ready to go to dental school and we had to finish renovating our house. We had to finish it before we left because we wanted to rent it out. Mm-hmm. But we left and I have, and I was doing church stuff and trying to like stay involved with my kid's school. And I have never stretched. I just, I don't know. It was a physical sensation of just being stretched until I felt like I couldn't stretch anymore. Mm-hmm. And things kind of came to a breaking point. My husband was supposed to start school in 2018, dental school. And um, we thought we had it all figured out. We had, we had actually won the housing lottery for the school. And we were going to stay in these awesome apartments. And my husband had been accepted and he had a um, scholarship for the Navy. And we were, had arranged to rent out our house to some people that we knew. And so we were finishing up the renovations and then all of a sudden everything fell apart. We got this phone call and we did not get to do the housing that we thought mm-hmm. we had like the lottery. They mm-hmm. said, anyway, um, they said, you have so many kids. And I said, well, I looked at the housing laws and then like, this is on federal land. It doesn't apply to the housing laws. You can't mm-hmm. stay in this housing. So we lost mm-hmm. our housing like three weeks before. Oh. And then the Navy called the Navy called and they said, um, we're not, you're like one of the last people that applied for a scholarship. Um, and we're not sure we're going to have enough funds. So you're, we might not be able to, you probably will get your scholarship, but we can't promise it. <laughs> like, what? Oh my gosh. what the heck? Like, we can't do this. And then we, like the things on the house were just not coming together and it just wasn't. And I, I was like, Oh, what, how is, how is this going to work out? And I had this faith. I knew God had a plan. I knew he had a plan. And I just had to wait and see what it was, you know? And most of my life, I've been excited about that. Like, I'm just like, you know, I don't know how it's going to work out. looks like everything's terrible, but I know he's got a plan and mm-hmm. I am so excited to see how it all works out. And so even though I was feeling super stressed and things were so hard, like that thought kind of got me through, like God has a plan and it is going to work out. And I felt, I thought things were going to come back together. I really did. I thought we'll find housing. The scholarship's going to work out. Um, that's not how it worked out. We called and we talked to the school and we ended up saying, can we defer for a year? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Defer for a year. And so all of a sudden, like things that I thought were going to come together and that God had a plan and it was going to work out a certain way did not work out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, it's different. Yeah, it was different. I had already quit my job. Um, we had already agreed to like rent out our house and everything. And so all of a sudden we had this year in front of us that we didn't know what we were going to do. And we talked about it and made a plan. And a month later, we each packed a backpack and we got in a Suburban that we bought for $2,000 and we drove to Argentina. You drove to Argentina? (laughs) Yes. How long is that? It took us about five weeks of driving to get down there. That's so great. And we just spent the next like few months traveling around. And that journey looked like nobody else's. It looked Mm -hmm. like no one else's, you know, nobody else does that. Like, like we talked about, like we, t- we were like, we could fly down. We could fly down to Argentina. My husband decided to do this um, coding boot camp in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we could fly down and we could live there. Or we could take that money for flights and we could drive. And we could mm-hmm. see all these things on the way. We could go to Machu Picchu. We could see volcanoes. We could go through the jungles. We could see the deserts. Like we could, we could do all these other things. And we gave up things again to do that. Like we didn't stay at Airbnb's every night. We camped every night. My husband built like a little wow. bed in the suburban. Um, a lot of times my husband and I would throw an air mattress on top of the suburban at night. We'd climb on top and we'd sleep on the roof of the suburban. Mm-hmm. And like that journey looked like nobody else's. It wow. just looked like no one else's. And I, you know, even on the way, I was like, I want to be able to exercise. I, I'm not huge into fitness, but I do like to move my body all the time. I'm like, how am I going to move my body when we're driving 12 to 16 hours a day? Mm-hmm. 
And I brought a little two pound weight and I made a little playlist of 30 minutes. And I, every day while I would drive, I would turn on that playlist and I would use the weight and I would be punching as I drove, you know? <laughs> I love it. I'm like, my exercise right now looks like nobody else's and yes. that is okay, mm-hmm. you know? That's so good. What a great example. And and do you do you find any part of you, because I think as humans, we are, we, we naturally compare. And so we naturally mm-hmm. have this like thinking that, we see what other people are doing and somehow like we should be doing the exact same thing and it should look the same. So like, I mean, there's some like innate humanness to that comparison. So do you yes. feel that of like, when you're doing something crazy, like, I don't know, driving <laughs> all the way to Argentina, <laughs> yes. do you ever fear that, feel that like, um, I'm weird or why, like, why am I different than other people? Or do you ever, or, or, or have yes. you learned to like step into that and be like, own it? Like, I don't have to be like everybody else. I can like, and find freedom in that. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it does get to me because like, I feel like when I tell people our stories and we have a lot of family stories, people are like, you're crazy, you're crazy. But you know, it's just like, yes, I am. But guess what? I got to like, I got to go to Europe and do it this way. And I got to go to South America and do it this way. And that was so worth it to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's hard to like, not like, sometimes I'm like, I just want to use a different word. (laughs) You know what? You know why I think that people say that is because I think it, in, on some level, it is crazy for people to go after the things that they want. I think mm-hmm. like that's not something that a lot of people do. A lot of people settle in life. A lot of people mm-hmm. desire something and don't actually go after it. And so mm-hmm. I think when they hear of other people, like you had a goal, you had a desire and you went out and executed it. I almost think like that's the crazy part for a lot of people because they're like, I have desires. I have goals and things that I've like thought about, but I never have acted on them. I've never done yeah. that. And I think if we can get to that place where really like using those desires as a cue of like, I don't want to go to Argentina. That's ha- I have no desire. So like, I'm not going to go, but yes, if you, but Cambria did. And so she went. And I think that to me is like the takeaway. It's like, what do you desire? Have yes. you checked in with yourself lately and said like, what do I want? Like, yes. And then go do it. (laughs) Right. Like we've got to like get over the urgent to the important. Like you need Mm. to take 20 minutes a day every day and think, what do I want? Like big picture. Like what do I want long-term? Just like every, you've got to take that time, just even five minutes every day thinking like, what is it big term, like long-term that I want? And, and how can I spend even just like a little bit of time getting there each day? Because you can find those those little moments, you know, every night I try and like think, okay, what am I going to do when I have that free time tomorrow? Like, what is it? Sometimes it's reading a novel that I really want to read. You know, like every time I have a spare minute, I'm going to read a novel. And other times it's working on a bigger project, you know, but, but I making love that, that plan the night before. I love that question. Like, what am I going to do when I have free time tomorrow? And, and being intentional with how you're, how you're spending that free time. Um, and that question, what do I want? I think is a really hard question for a lot of people to, an- to answer. And, and so I like your, your tip of just, um, for most people, I find that if I pose that question to them, they don't have an answer right away. Mm-hmm. And so what I heard from you was like, it's, it's not like you're going to have an answer the very first time you think of that question, but it's like, are you every day checking in with yourself? What do I want? What do I want? What am I going to spend my free time with? Like, what do I want? I think over time, the more you get accustomed to acknowledging what you want and actually going for it and reaching for it, the more confidence you develop in yourself that you can get your desires. I think a lot of people have told themselves a lie that 
they can't get what they want. They can't get what they desire. Um, but I think the more time you spend with it and the more you start to see, okay, I desire this. I'm going after it. I'm going to achieve it. Oh, I did that. Oh, well, maybe this other thing that I desire, I could go after and I could achieve it. Oh, well, maybe this other thing. And I think you start to build that confidence that you can get to the things that you want. Exactly. And I feel like you can even start small. Like if you can figure out what am I going to do that I enjoy for five minutes tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and that was that, that episode I did with Jamia is like, that was one of the things yeah. she said is like, what are the things that I like? Like, I think sometimes as a mom, we like lose that part of ourselves of mm-hmm. what do I like? What do I enjoy? What makes me feel good? <laughs> like what makes yes. me happy? A lot of women don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. And you've got to find it. And you know, it can be something small. Like if you love to cook, but you don't have time to cook something, you can look through a cookbook and be like, wow, this recipe looks really awesome. And just like dream about it. Like take five minutes, yeah. minutes dreaming every day or like, oh man, I like don't have time to do this like huge, hey, I'm going to take a walk today or I'm going to, you know, like read five minutes of something I really enjoy, you know, yeah. but just being intentional about it. Like I'm going to take this time to do this thing that I really enjoy. And maybe even start with like looking at your friend's feet. I'm going to take five minutes, but you just are like intentional about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Like so calling good. a friend, whatever. Yeah. That's so good. So what are you working on now? What do, what right do, you, now, what do you want now? <laughs> Right now, I just feel like I, I'm still trying to be like a better mom. That is a huge focus for me in my life. And, you know, having eight kids, I, I'm trying to be really intentional, intentional of being a mom and, um, I'm taking a parenting class. I'm trying to just spend like 10 minutes every day with every child, which is kind of hard. And that sometimes I have to scale it back to five minutes. I really like one of your clients inspired me when she did, wrote that book, the five minute time in, mm-hmm. you know, how she would spend five minutes. And I'm trying to just do that. Like, that's a huge goal for me. Um, it's hard because if you add like 10 minutes times eight, that's like still a lot of time, <laughs> that's that's a lot of time. you know? And so I, but you know, I am like really one of those people that is okay with progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. And even though I know I'm not like kidding every day, I'm like, man, you know, it's better than I did better than nothing, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I think that mindset has really saved me in a lot of places that, you know, progress, even if it's a little bit is good. And I see it as positive over that's perfection. Great. Um, I'm working on a pull-up. Yeah. So you inspire me. I love it. <laughs> I've been hanging from the monkey bars behind our house. Good for you. And getting on that. And then um, I'd love to do another backpack trip as a family. Cool. We just love it, That's you know, doing fun. those things. Okay. You mentioned to me that you have a family motto. Share it. Okay. So my husband came up with this and I just love it. He said, we start out strong and finish stronger. Oh, I like that. I and, like that a lot. And that's just like how we are. We, we, we always try and start out strong, you know, on the journey, but we don't want to be like, and it, I think there's like two ways to look at this. You can be like, well, you don't want to limp to the finish. You actually want to like finish as stronger, stronger. Mm-hmm. But I think the other way to look at it is when you finish something, you are stronger because of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I like that. I, <laughs> it's funny. The immediate thought that came to my mind was, CrossFit (laughs) because there's a lot of times with workouts, it's like how you pace the workout really matters. And, um, sometimes it's really easy to go out too hot in a workout and be dying by the end of the workout. And so what I'm always trying to do is like have the back end of my workout be like stronger. So it's like, start strong, finish stronger. Um, but I like the, I like the flip side of that, of like, whether or not you feel like you finished strong, whatever that means, you are stronger because you finished. And that, I love that, that sentiment. I think that's, that's um, an amazing thing to, to be able to have as a family motto. So thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Well, this has been super fun. Um, And I think there is definitely something to pull out here for, for everyone. We don't, you know, we don't only have to talk about fitness on the podcast. I think 
one of the things that I love about fitness is I always say it's like the play for me, it's like the playground for life. You know, the things that I'm, I'm hoping that people learn in the realm of fitness, then can be applied in a broader aspect. And, um, you know, I, I love the examples that you've shared and the stories that you've shared and, and the lessons that you've shared along the way. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was really a blast. Thank you so much, Amber. That was a fun podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, After the fact, Cambria did send me an email and she found my my blog. (laughs) So as promised, we're going to put up those links in the show notes. You can go back in the blog. There's like blog posts from like 2011, (laughs) 2013 uh, of be setting goals back then. So a little bit of a blast from the past, but if you're, if you're curious and you're interested and you want to go back and read some of those blog posts, uh, we'll link that up for you in the show notes. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.